Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, hello, my favorite people. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a phenomenal guest on the podcast, Kenzie Elizabeth, otherwise known as Kenzie Piper, otherwise known as the host of the hit podcast, I Love You So Much. She is a YouTube sensation. She is 24 years old. She has accomplished so much in her 24 years of age. And we get into all of it today. We talk about her YouTube career starting at the age of 16. We talk about all of our many similarities from mental health and anxiety to our obsession with books and our love of many of the same TV shows. This is like a very fun girl chat episode where we talk about navigating your 20s, something that I haven't talked about on this show in a couple years since I am now 31, almost 32. We also, of course, talk about Kenzie's astrology and how she deals with negativity on the internet, especially on TikTok, which is a whole other beast. And this was just a really fun, lighthearted conversation. We did a podcast swap. So you can hear the second half of this conversation where Kenzie interviews me on her podcast. I love you so much. It is another Dear Media podcast. So head over there if you want more. And I hope we left you wanting more. We had a lot of fun. I love talking to people who are a handful of years younger than me because for one, I always forget that I am a 31-year-old mother. I feel like I'm still a teenager half the time. And I just love talking to women who are navigating their 20s with such grace and who are killing it in the entrepreneurial realm. And it also just reminds me of so much that I have experienced and overcome. And it also reminds me that age is just a number. And all of this is something that we also touch on in this episode. If you feel inspired to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do so and send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com and I can thank you by sending you my free yoga ebook. So with that, enjoy the show. Kick back, relax. I love you besties. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode. As always, come on Instagram and tell me all of your thoughts as well as tag us in your Instagram stories and I will repost you. Love you TBB fam so much. Can't wait to hear what you think. <laughs> 
not sitting up all the way. I know. I know. When I see these videos of myself, I realize that my posture. It makes me like more self-conscious because I'm like, what am I going to wear? Like, how do I sit? You know? Same. I never think about what I'm going to wear. And I'm yeah. I, like I was telling you, I'm, I'm very low maintenance, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Although I, I do have my good side. No, I shockingly am too. And you would never guess that about me. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't because you're so put together. And I and... like outfits and stuff. Yeah, I know. And I'm so, I'm very Texan in that way though. Yes, that yeah. makes sense. I know. So tell me more about yourself because we are meeting for the first time. Yes. So I know because I listen to your podcast and I follow you and then I've learned we have so much in common, which I was telling you but tell me where did you grow up like tell us about your life a little bit so I grew up in Texas I lived outside of Dallas and then I moved I started my YouTube channel when I was 16 it was like around my 16th birthday I'm currently 24 I ended up graduating high school early and then I moved out to LA because at the time on YouTube which was I would say podcasting and YouTube are like my two primary platforms, I guess. But I definitely like more podcasts, I think, at this point. Anyways, I'm really bad at telling stories, clearly. So I started my YouTube channel. That was working out. And then at the time, everyone on YouTube was living in Los Angeles. This was like 2016. So I moved out here, ended up going to college in Los Angeles. And during that time, I started my podcast. Then I moved to Dallas. I recently co-founded a clothing brand. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, you're actually a good storyteller because I'm the one I, I probably would have talked for 30 minutes being like, I did this and then I grew <laughs> and then my childhood was like this. Well, so, I left out, I probably left out like so many things and then I'm like, I think that's good enough. Sorry. It's good. It's really good. I mean, I've seen your clothing line. It's great. We'll, de- we'll definitely get to that and talk about that. I'm just trying to imagine starting a YouTube channel that young and, and being in the public eye that young because I feel like I started pretty young. I'm 31 and I started everything when I was about 21. But you started, I guess you would probably have been a teenager. So tell us what that was like. So in a way, I think starting really young was helpful because I was so naive. So I moved to LA on my own when I was 17. But I was so naive that I just couldn't be scared, right? I think had I moved when I was like 21, 22, 23, it would have been a lot scarier for me. But in terms of like people watching your life and having opinions, it's so weird. Even I was thinking about this on the way here. I've had reels recently get a ton of views. So then it brings in, it's like a TikTok audience. Like it brings in these people who are not following you, who just like for whatever reason want to comment the meanest things you've ever seen. And I don't ever read my comments on these things. It just shows up in my notifications. And like, I think it's funny. But that's also from like, I think I, I've just been doing this forever. I don't know life without it. But it's just, it is so weird. Like we were not created to have, I say this as I put my life on the internet, but like we were not created to get, receive this many opinions about our lives, something as small as an outfit or how we style our hair or how I talk. And it, it is really weird So I don't know. I grew up, I would say from the time I was born, I was always very independent and very driven. So I have a lot of the same friends currently that I had when I was like 10. And no one was surprised that this is like the avenue that I took. But yeah, it definitely was weird. But I do think in a way being young, while I think it's affected me in a ton of ways, I mean negatively, I think it was also kind of helpful because I was just not thinking too much about something. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I've had a different journey than you, but I also think that there's a certain amount of naivety, like you said, mm-hmm. that comes with being so young and you're not afraid of failure because you don't even know if you're going to succeed and you yeah. don't even really know what you're doing. You're just kind of putting yourself out there. So how did it start for you? Did it start with YouTube or was it Instagram or what was like the initial start? YouTube. Also, I want to say, I think I've always had a fear of failure though. I'm an Enneagram 3 like, I am the overachiever. I always have been an overachiever. And I I think I was so, like, I, I was in such denial that my biggest fear in life was failure until, like, this past year. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not afraid of failure. It's totally fine if I fail. But meanwhile, I've made sure nothing I've ever done has failed, you know? So, anyways, yes, I started on YouTube. My Instagram has really always been just, like, a runoff from other platforms. I would never—I was never, like, Instagram or, like, an Instagram or, like, Instagram first. I'm not— I don't love taking photos. Like Mm. I'm, this is a way that being, we were talking about shockingly being low maintenance. It's actually not great because if I was not low maintenance or if I was, took it a little more seriously, I would have things to post and not just stuff from my TikTok, you Mm -hmm. know? But I did start on YouTube and I was making at the time, similar videos to what I make now, like hauls, some vlogs, favorites, videos, products. Back to school at the time was a really big thing. So YouTube was, YouTube really is my first love and I still love it. I love, I still vlog weekly. Like I'm still posting weekly and I, I my videos have not changed that much since I started. But yeah, it did, it did start with YouTube. I love that. Something that I've noticed about a YouTube audience is that they're pretty cutthroat. Like yeah. they will say anything. I've never been a YouTuber, but I have a YouTube. It's more of an offshoot of everything else that I do. And people are cutthroat. People will come on here and be like, not this girl again. And I'm like, who are you? What are you doing? How do you deal with that? And I'm sure you've developed a tough skin. So what is your tips? Our next partner of the show is a product that I am obsessed with. You probably see me using it on my Instagram stories every morning. I've actually been even more dedicated lately to starting every day with AG1, my morning green drink. I'm obsessed. I actually have finally replaced my coffee first thing in the morning habit. I can thank my recent detox that I did for that because I'm a caffeine girl, but I started drinking AG1 even when I would have coffee first because I wanted more energy and optimized immune system. I'm not getting the best sleep lately as a new mom. So I have been taking AG1 for about three months and I absolutely love it. I love the taste of healthy things, but this doesn't taste like one of those super healthy wheatgrass kind of drinks. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. It is lifestyle-friendly, so whether you are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it works for you. It costs you less than $3 a day, which is such a steal. It is cheaper than your morning cold brew habit, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and supplements to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash blonde. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash blonde to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. So I think it's funny you say that because I actually I agree. But I think now I look at my YouTube comments as like heaven and I look at TikTok as hell. Like this is the (laughs) worst place on planet Earth. TikTok is cruel. It's cruel. And the other thing I will say about a YouTube audience versus a TikTok audience is that YouTube people are very, very dedicated. And because you have to think about it like you are one, giving them more of your time. You have to go out of your way to click the video. Whereas TikTok, a lot of it's showing up in your for you page. Not to say people aren't dedicated followers of TikTokers or anything like that. But I think it's it's a different kind of audience. So yeah, I don't know. I I think there's been times where hate comments have gotten to me more than others. But it just depends on like the time of life. If I'm in a more emotional state… Like maybe I'm dealing a little bit more with like anxiety and depression or something in my family is going on or I maybe lost a sense of self. Hate comments will get to me. If I'm just kind of like normal, I'm like, okay, I think it's such a losery thing to like comment something mean on someone's video. I actually think it's like a losery thing to even say it in real life to someone. <laughs> of course. So I don't know. I just think… it. I, when I was younger, there were comments, but for the most part, my I've been really lucky and my audience has always been really nice. Mm-hmm. And I was never like the biggest person on the platform, which maybe had something to do with it. But actually, I don't even know. I, for whatever reason, the people who follow me have been really nice and I haven't dealt with hate in the way that like other people around me, I think, have. And I don't know what that is. I do have a lot of words like blacklisted on my YouTube comments though. Good, good, So I can't get comments about certain things. So maybe they're not and I'm just not seeing them. No, I think that's very wise to block certain words. And I think we've got to learn how to do that. Like people, people will say certain things to me, certain things to you, they're going to be different things. And so just being aware of that and not, not letting that negativity into your sphere, I think is so important. So that's a really good tip. And TikTok is wild. Like, not to mention a hate comment would get like 50,000 likes on it. And that's the thing where I'm like, my Instagram, you know, doesn't even reach these levels of people not even close. It's just so interesting. But something that I wanted to talk to you about, because you mentioned anxiety, depression. I've heard you be really open about mental health and therapy. What has been your journey with all of that? And then I'll tell you after you talk something that we have in common based off of one of your TikToks. Okay. And I love TikTok. Like, don't get me wrong. But these people are really mean. And you're right. It is. It's not necessarily the comment. It's how many people agree with them. Right. That's what's bothering me. They love to talk to each other. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I am really lucky. I grew up in a family that, well, okay, on one hand, very tumultuous, a very chaotic 
the worst of the worst of the worst divorces. It was very chaotic in a lot of different ways, like not even just the divorce. But we are very, very close. And my parents, specifically my dad and my mom, have both been very open and always talked to us about mental health. My dad, I think he saw me struggling with anxiety at a very young age because he recognized it in me because he dealt with it. So from a very young age, he was, I just, I don't remember a time that it wasn't talked about and that it wasn't like, oh, we're going to deal with this. My parents got divorced and I recently fact-checked this because I was like, is this, is this, you know when your parents tell you something when you're younger and you just take it as fact? Mm -hmm. And then like 20 years later, like that did not happen. Yes, you have to check. Yes. So I did fact-check this and we did have court-mandated therapy. So we had to go to counseling and that was when I was like fifth, sixth grade. And that went on for years with the divorce. And then I've just been in and out of it. I've dealt with anxiety and depression. Anxiety my whole life. Depression on and off my whole, on and off majority of my life. And yeah, I've just been in therapy. I've been on meds. I've been off meds. Like it just depends. I think nowadays I deal with mainly anxiety. And then again, I'm just really lucky because on top of therapy, I had a dad who was very involved and very helpful and was like, these are the things that you should do. Like, I'm a very routine person because that is what's best for me. And also, like, if I'm on my routine and I'm taking care of myself and I'm doing these things that, like, my dad taught me, I genuinely feel like a different person. Yeah. It helps so much. Not to say that it cures it, but it helps a lot. So, yeah, anyways, it's just been, like, a big conversation in my life that was never taboo. So, I'm very lucky in that sense. But I will say, like, I, a lot of it was worsened by family dynamics. For sure. I mean, that's fantastic that your dad has been so open with you and that you've been able to deal with it for so long. I want to get into your anxiety tips because I'm a super anxious person. And I think a lot of people listening, we just relate to anxiety. But before that, I just wanted to tell you, you did a TikTok that was talking about reverse yes. seasonal depression. Those of us who don't love the summer. It was so crazy when you posted that. I had been thinking about it for days and I was like, who else? doesn't like the summer. It was coming up on the 4th of July and I don't really like the 4th of July. I'm a fall winter person Absolutely. myself. You posted this and I was like, this is incredible. So talk to us about this. So it's interesting because this is something I have dealt with forever. And I, I've really gone back and tried in therapy to almost link it to a time. It's like, did this trauma happen in the summer? Did this happen to see if it was like really linked to something? And the only thing that I really have been like, maybe it's that in the summer, it feels like your routines are lessened a little bit, kind of like what I was talking about before. I also really don't like the heat. And unfortunately, I've lived in Texas and Los Angeles. So like, not the best places to live. But like, I love Texas. So like, I'll survive. Yeah, so the TikTok that you're referring to, I said something along the lines of like, does anyone else deal with this? Being like, I wonder how many, it was honestly like an experiment for myself. And I had mentioned it in a vlog recently. And this is one of the beautiful things about being like public on social media is that you realize that like you are definitely not the only person going through things, which we will tell ourselves often. But I really would have had no idea how normal this was because I don't, most of my friends don't feel that way. And I wouldn't have had any idea that so many people felt like when people talk about seasonal depression in the fall and winter, I'm like, I don't relate to that at all. Like I love the fall and winter. I really thrive in those months. I love a latte. I love a football game. I love the leaves. Like I love everything about fall. And I love like certain things about summer, but there's just something about the summertime that makes me like very depressed. I also have PMDD, which is 
premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So the week, or really for me now, it's like 10 days before my cycle, I am like out for the count. Like I catastrophize my thinking so much. I feel it's very extreme. It's not like PMS. It's like I am truly depressed and then I'm not kidding. My period starts and I'm fine. Like it's very weird. Wow. So I was having a week where it was summer and then also I was dealing with PMDD and I'm like, this is just not it. And I posted it on TikTok and it's crazy on Instagram right now. I think it's like a million views. And oh my there's gosh. so many people who are like, oh my God, yes, finally someone. But I'm like, it's so interesting that no one was really, I'd never heard people talk about it before. Yeah, I know. That's really interesting. I, I've heard people talking about that lately. And I wonder if it's because you've opened up and there's like no, stigmas breaking. No, it probably breaking. has nothing to do with me, but I'm glad people are talking about it. <laughs> stigmas are breaking around it in general, which is amazing. And I think the hormonal changes that our bodies go through are so important to talk about. I mean, with pregnancy, postpartum, the hormonal roller coaster that I've been on to yeah. learn that I'm not alone and that so many other people feel this way is so important. And I think five years ago, 10 years ago, people just didn't talk about this kind of stuff. So that's, I mean, I'm so happy that you're talking about it. And it's amazing that it's getting so many views because people are like, yes, yes, yeah. I'm not alone. Guys, let's talk about Element. You guys know I am such a fan of electrolytes. In fact, they have been a huge part of my life for many years. Back when I was an athlete who was running marathons and half marathons, I lived off of electrolytes in my water. And now that I'm a busy mom and I'm no longer doing marathons, but I'm still exercising and trying to optimize my hydration at all times, electrolytes are one of my go-tos in water and one of the healthiest and simplest health hacks that I recommend to all of my TBB fam. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It is TBB approved, so it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, and no BS. It can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, and anything else that comes along with electrolyte deficiency and dehydration. My colonic therapist actually gives it out after every colonic. That's how I discovered the chocolate flavor. And I also love the watermelon. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That is eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash balanced. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash balanced. Element offers no questions asked refunds. So you can totally try it risk-free. And if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. Enjoy. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh my goodness, you guys. I am so thrilled about our new sponsor of the podcast, which hands down is going to become my favorite sponsor. I love all my sponsors. Mind Bloom. We are talking about at-home ketamine therapy. I've talked so much about my experience with ketamine therapy, how incredible it's been for my mental health, and how often I have been engaging in this at-home therapy. And Mind Bloom is the answer to the most frequently asked question that I get, which is how can you experience at-home ketamine therapy in a safe way? So they offer a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being. 
What MindBloom does is they connect patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians to help them achieve better outcomes with lower costs, greater convenience, and an artfully crafted experience. So the first thing you do is take MindBloom's online assessment to determine if MindBloom is right for you. If you are approved, you'll schedule a video consult with a licensed clinician where you will discuss your goals and expectations for mental health treatment. Then they send you a kit in the mail with medicine, treatment materials, tips for getting the most out of your experience. And after only two sessions, 87% of MindBloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. I am so excited about this. And if you guys are interested in ketamine therapy, this is for you. So right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash blonde and use promo code blonde at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde for $100 off your first six-session program today. That is mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde. You guys, I'm so excited to share this with you. It's so crazy because I just thought I was wild. And also another reason I wanted to post it was there was all, I was seeing a lot of TikToks that were like having a Kenzie Elizabeth girl summer or whatever. And it's like me, it's dresses, cowboy boots and frozen marks or like ranch waters, which is a drink that's very popular in Texas. And I was like, that's great. And that is my summer. Like, that's very me. But also I'm like, I'm so miserable right now. Like, I don't want, like, yes, there are positives. Not to say that every time in the summer, I hate every single moment of it. But I was like, okay, like, I don't know if this is like, if I'm really portraying what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, not yeah. that I, I don't think that everyone owes everything to their following, to the internet or anything like that. But I just was like, I kind of like need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you did. So going back to the anxiety piece of it all, you said routine has been really helpful. What else has been helpful? So my routine is definitely number one. And in my routine, I have things that help. So I love like movement or working out. I love hot Pilates. That's like what I do. I love going on walks. So for my routine, I really have to make sure I'm getting in some sort of movement, whether it's a walk or going to like hot Pilates. I personally do better when I have an early morning routine, which is something I've recently realized. When I lived in LA, I was busy from 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m., I was never home. I was just like my schedule was really packed. So I had to go work out really early. And I think that that helped me so much just mentally throughout the day, especially when I was really busy. And then I love cooking and I love reading. Those are like the two things I do the most of. I might as well be like a Kindle evangelist at this point. Like I read all the time, but it helps me so much. I used to be like super like I'd fall into hustle culture and that was really unhealthy for me. And in that time, I had always been a reader. Like, growing up, I loved, like, Nancy Drew and Junie B. Jones, like, from a very young age. But when I kind of fell more into hustle culture, I felt like I, if I was going to read, it had to be a nonfiction book. And it had to be something that was, like, in quotes, making me better. And I love nonfiction books. I still read them. But I had stopped reading fiction for years. And it's so funny because now I'm such a fiction reader. I read, like, over 100 books last year. And that is actually, reading fiction helps me more. I feel like I learn more about like people in a weird way. I actually check out 
There's nothing wrong with having a hobby that isn't quote unquote productive in whoever's eyes. Of course. I think you should have them. I think so too. I have a theory about fiction, which is that it teaches us more about our life than anything else. I agree. You can escape your life, which is so healthy. That's why I'm a proponent of like reality TV is healthy because if you can escape your life and something makes you feel calm and, and makes you forget your anxieties and your worries, that's so important. And fiction is at the top of the list. And I think fiction writers use fiction also to teach these really important things about humanity and emotions, things that we go through, relationships. We feel less alone. I completely agree. The amount of times, too, I'm like in a setting and someone's talking about something they're going through and I like stop myself. I'm like, well, in this book I just read, and I'm like, shut up, Kinsey. And it's like a fiction book. I really do learn so much from it. And there is nothing that calms me down more. And as someone who felt like I needed to work all the time to either gain value or to show my worth or whatever it was, it was great getting two hobbies that were one, two hobbies I could do on my own. And then also hobbies where like my hands are busy. So I couldn't be on my phone or I couldn't be on my laptop. For me, if I put TV on, I'll just be on my phone and then I'll end up like making a TikTok or something. Like I know. I'll end up trying to do something quote unquote productive. So finding like reading and cooking which was really like a 2020 thing for me, like bringing those back into my life was really helpful. And they've helped with my anxiety so much. I read every single night before bed and it just calms me down so much. One time a meditation teacher told me that reading is also a form of meditation. And like, I don't know if that's true and I don't meditate in any other way, but it did make sense because when people describe meditation, I'm like, that actually is how I feel when I read. It is a form of meditation. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Exercise is meditation. Reading is meditation. Oh. Writing can be meditation. Oh, like I love writing. That's what a big one too. What makes you feel calm. That's that's a beautiful way to meditate. So maybe I am a meditator. You are. Oh, You're, yeah, that. don't discredit yourself. You're definitely a meditator. That. That's something that we have in common. Reading. Reading is my life. That was love. something that I wanted to tell you. Like you have a book club. I'm obsessed. Reading is so important. It and is. Especially reading fiction. But I love it all. I love self-help. I love business books. Me but too. Memoirs. Fiction. I have a fiction book with me here. I thought you what would be proud. It? It's Wish You Were Here by Jody Pickled. It's, Wait, I think I've read that. Uh-huh. Wait, I can it's, picture the cover. Yes. Yeah, 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 it's actually about like 2020, which I'm Wait, finding, I Okay, sorry. I haven't read that, but I know what you're talking about. I misspoke. I think you would like it. I'm like halfway through, but it's about 2020 in it. I don't know if anybody has read any fiction books about the pandemic. It's not about the pandemic, but it's set in that time. And I'm kind of like, this is too soon. Like, I, yeah. it, it, it wasn't a bad time for me, to be honest. Like, I had a lot of fun at home with my husband. I was healing, like, from Lyme disease. I had a good 2020, but it's a little triggering. It's a little triggering to be like, oh, no, people were really sick. I don't want to read about this. I want to read about fiction to escape. Yeah, I don't know if I want to read something that's set in. I did hear people say they were like, it's not as bad as you think in regards to like it being set in 2020. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. I definitely think people should read it. I highly recommend it. It's just if people do feel triggered by that time, just like be aware. Yeah, give us some time. uh Uh-huh. We have this in common. Book clubs. Oh my God, I love. My favorite thing. It's what I live for. I love. Another thing that we have in common. I could just keep telling you the whole list. You did a TikTok about This Is Us. This show these people are my family like my actual family also they just got snubbed no emmys at all (gasps) you're gonna make me cry you know inventing anna did they got yeah and i'm not even into award shows i normally wouldn't even know this i wouldn't care but that is a crime like an actual crime that is a crime i have i literally have chills because i feel like i'm a pearson i feel like i'm a pearson member of the family that is so unfair i when that show ended and i 
I watched it after it ended. Like I didn't. I finished it way later because mm-hmm. you know when mm-hmm. they were doing those, they were releasing one show per six yes, weeks every six weeks. Yeah, I was devastated about that because this show, this show is what got me through the pandemic. Actually, yes. I didn't watch it when it first came on like six years ago, seven years ago. My husband and I started watching it in 2020. And then we watched an episode probably every few nights for like two years. So these people became a part of our lives. And Mandy Moore didn't get an Emmy. I mean, all of them. But like she just had such an incredible role that just that that's shocking. It's so sad. And there's so many random like parallel. I feel like everyone you can. It doesn't matter who you are. You can see your family in this show and like my step siblings are triplets. Like there's so many oh, things. Wow. It's crazy. There's so many things that I felt like there are parallels to both sides of my family and my extended family. But it was just the most incredible show. And I I don't know besides the show Nashville if I've ever felt more connected to characters in my entire life. Like I it, never have. I never oh have. God. I'm pretty notorious for saying like that's my favorite show ever. No, that's my yeah. favorite show. But I I mean it when I say this show changed my life. People listening, if you guys haven't seen it, like watch it. It's it's so incredible and it it pulls at your heartstrings like nothing else, like nothing I've ever seen. It's similar to fiction novels. It's a very good example of watching something. And I feel like I actually got a lot out of that show and learned things. Not that that's the point. No, it is the point. But there's just so many things that I was like, it, it was almost like inspiring. Like, I just loved it. It was so good. It is inspiring. Well, it's inspiring when it comes to family and relationships and getting sick and, you know, everything that she dealt with in the end there and the way that the siblings came together. Every single episode, I bawled my eyes out. It's therapeutic. It It really is. is. It really is. All right, guys, clean skincare. We are obsessed with it. Thrive Cosmetics is the vibe. I don't think I've ever found a more TBB approved skincare and beauty product brand. So Thrive Cosmetics is a high performance beauty and skincare product line made with clean skin loving ingredients. They use no parabens, no sulfates or phthalates, and they are also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Cause is in the name for a reason. Every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. So their best-selling product is their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. It has over 20,000 five-star reviews. I am obsessed with it. I've been wearing more makeup lately, as you guys might have noticed, because I'm on camera more often at Dear Media. I am also obsessed with their Liquid Balm Lip Treatment, which is a leave-on lip serum treatment that nourishes and restores dehydrated lips. If you guys have followed along on my lip saga, this is helping my skin replenish moisture with a protective veil of skin-nourishing vitamins and juicy hydration. I love their Bigger Than Beauty cause, which is for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. They have over 300 partners across the country supporting numerous causes. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash balanced. That is Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash balanced for 15% off your first order. Enjoy. Tag me in your stories when you try.
when Uncle Nick was in the airport with the things that he made for the kids. Oh my God, that was the, out of anything that happened on that show, that was the most heartbreaking thing for me. Uh, I know that character. I mean, uh, he's like my favorite character of all too. time. Not to mention, William. I don't know if you're a Joan Didion fan, um, the writer, the author. Yeah. He is Joan Didion's nephew in real life, Griffin Dunn. Oh. So if you've ever seen the Joan Didion documentary, he made it like, because I'm such a reading nerd that this whole entire full wow. circle moment is It makes incredible. it that much better. I know. And William, of course, like. Oh, my God. Yes. So everybody listening, I, I could do a whole episode on This Is Us. We could do that one day. Yeah. But I'm down. I think people should listen. You should watch it if you haven't seen it yet, because it is. It's just such a good show. And. People are always looking for good TV shows, and that's at the top of my list. I don't think there's a show that's ever been better than that. Ever. There's not. There's not. So good. I know. So when I saw your TikTok about that, and it had the music, I was yeah. like, this is my girl. Like, this is, why didn't I do a TikTok like that? Because I want to meet other people who love it as much yes. as I do. It's like when you're that much of a fanatic. No, actually. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a huge TV person. I don't watch, like, a ton of TV but I'll randomly go through like my series. Like I watch Friday Night Lights and when Friday, I will say like my top three forever would be Friday Night Lights, One Tree Hill, Nashville, and This Is Us. This Is Us being number one and the other ones being tied. But when Friday Night Lights ended, I kind of felt very similarly, just like not as sad. But it's like when the show ends, it's like an indescribable feeling of like, this, I, I don't know. It's almost like you're grieving, like in a it very is. dramatic way. It it's is. crazy. Well, these people become your friends and your family. And I like to think the same thing about podcasts, actually, to bring it full circle to what we do. I think that's the beauty of podcasts. People listen and they do become your friends and your family. I took six months off of this podcast wow. and I have these incredible listeners and they're like, I literally, I need you to come back. Like, I need your parents so on. And I'm sure, you know, of course, your listeners would be the same way. And I feel that way about them. Like, I mm -hmm. learned so much through sharing my life and then hearing their feedback. It's just a special thing. No, like, all different forms of entertainment that we listen to, that we read, that we yeah. watch. It's it's all It's, it's a all very special. special bond. Yeah, it's a special bond. Yeah. So, moving on from This Is Us, although I don't want to. <laughs> Do you have a spiritual practice? So, this is like a very spiritual podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff like that. Do you have routines, practices? So, give me an example of like a spiritual practice. Okay. So, you mentioned readings and meditation for you. That's part of it. Anything that you do to calm your nervous system down? I don't know if you're into crystals. Range. I'm not. I'm super open to like literally everything. Another thing that I do though is I write a lot. And that has really helped me. I started doing, like I would do morning pages. And as someone who has anxiety, when I, you wake up in the morning and you're just, my head's all over the place. I can't think straight. And sometimes I had a hard time identifying where emotions were coming from. But then I started doing morning pages where you would write for three pages straight or for a certain time, whatever you want to do. And that really helped me clear my head and then also identify where the emotions are coming from and then also even more than that I feel like I got to know myself way more and then realize like what are my values like what's the life I want to create what do I believe like I don't know it was really helpful and another thing too is that like just believing in like a god or the universe or whatever it is something that's really helped me is I'm kind of I'm not a proof person in the way of I mean like oh you need to prove that you're real I operate my life better when I can see proof of things that have worked out so like when I was writing, I was thinking, oh, well, I'm really stressed about this. And then I would remember a time of like, it's really easy to give a dating example, but this is not really that deep of an example. But 
when let's say you think you really want to be this person and it doesn't work out and then you break up, you're heartbroken and then you end up either in a way better place with yourself and just so much happier that you're not with them or in a way better relationship. And so every time something like doesn't work out, like something better always ends up coming from it. So through writing, I was able to see like, I was able to almost like open my mind and become a lot less like headstrong or stubborn on what I thought I wanted and knowing that like what I think I want isn't necessarily probably what's best for me. And just being able to trust that there is something else out there or that there is not necessarily even a plan, just like and being able to trust that it's like, I know that this is always, it's worked out up until now. And like, I trust that it will continue to. And mm-hmm. writing has really helped me with that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Writing such a spiritual practice, especially Morning Pages, Julia Cameron's book. Did you go off of that? I know that it comes from it. I didn't read it though, but I need to because well, I'm such a reader. You would love it. Because, I know. Yeah, it's called The Artist's Way. And it's an introduction to spirituality for a lot of people and an introduction into how creative we all are. Like, we are artists and it taps you back into your inner artist. I learned so much because as a writer and a reader, I thought I was the only one who like would get writer's block or would tell myself, well, you're not even that good at this. Like all those things that we tell ourselves. The book literally starts with like, you're not allowed to talk to yourself that way. Oh. You write and you are, we are, you know, we are all talented. We are all our inner child, our inner artist. And it's the, the three pages. It's like a brain dump every morning. It's so helpful. Mm-hmm. That's the second time this week that that book has come up. I'm like, I really do need to read it. Signs. And that's spirituality yeah. too. Synchronicities, by the way. Yeah, like definitely. when something comes up multiple times, it's like you got to listen to those signs. It's so important. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I need to read that. I'm you would love boring. it. So with your writing, would you ever write a book? Because you're such a book person. So I definitely do want to write a book. I'm 24 now. So like, I don't know what I like. Take your time. Yeah, not right this second. But I do want eventually to write a book. What would you want to write about? See, that's not, I don't know. I think it would be maybe more like memoir of like other things that have happened to me in my life. But I don't necessarily like want to take a memoir. Maybe like a lessons, which it, it all goes yeah. on a memoir. But like, I don't, I don't know exactly. I do write, like I, if I like were to get a book deal like this very second, I would have like the chapters done. Like I know what I want it to be. But I think it will be like restructured and redone. And you of know. course, I mean, it's always changing. Yeah. But memoirs are incredible and memoirs are another way to teach lessons as well. Like you talk about your life and then you say this is how to apply it to your life. And like these are the things that I learned. And I think it just it helps people so much. So and I love reading them. Like, mm-hmm. I love Me memoirs, too. Yeah. yeah. Memoirs are the best. Autobiographies. I so can get good. into I can get deep into like celebrity memoirs. Yeah. Okay. Have you read Jessica Simpson? Yes. Okay. I, I was <laughs> like so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Lo- loved it. And some of that stuff like the church that her dad worked at it at some point. And things, yeah. That is between like when I'm driving to my parents, I passed that place. No way. So I felt so connected. I was like, I have my experiences in church and I have a background in this stuff, but I didn't grow up in a family that was like that mm-hmm. at all. And none of my friends, I think I have like the only five unchurched girls in the state of Texas that are my best friends. So I didn't, I didn't connect in those ways, but I did in the fact that like, oh, like Tony Romo. Oh, the church. Oh, right. you know, yeah. and it just like made it that much more like special. I don't know. It's so fun to read books 
that are about where you came from. Yeah. That's why I'm a Joan Didion fan because she's from Sacramento. I'm from Sacramento. That's cool. And then she lived in Brentwood where I live now. And then she lived in New York where I used to live. So I feel like we are solely connected. You guys are so connected. Yes. But I love Jessica Simpson's book. I loved learning about her relationship with John Mayer. Mm. And it made me think differently about him. I'm a huge fan, but he was, you know, he was not a kind guy to her. Definitely. Not Mm -hmm. a kind guy to many. To many. I mean, I think we knew that. But like to read read about it it intimately. Reading Mm -hmm. about like the Nick Lachey of it all too my uncle works in radio so when we were younger we'd always go to the Jingle Ball concerts so I met literally everyone like Beyonce complimented my outfit and that is where Kenzie Elizabeth was born (laughs) that is so fun we also met Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey and we were obsessed with them like watched the show I actually rewatched their entire show over like quarantine so fun loved but I was just like so obsessed did you read Demi Moore's Yes. You want to hear a small world thing about that? Talk about like having connections to these things. So Demi Moore's first husband, who she wrote about in the book, his name's Freddie Moore. She married him when she was like six. No, was she 18? Yeah. Um, yeah. That is my husband's aunt's current husband. Oh my God. So yeah, my husband's uncle. Um, That is such a small world. Yeah. Freddie Moore. And so we, we, this was actually kind of cute. My husband and I read Demi Moore's book together on our honeymoon. And when I say together, I mean, I was reading it and he was reading over my shoulder and we actually read together, which is the only time we've ever done that. I read a lot faster than him. So I'd be like sitting at the end of the page. Um, But it was cute and it was fun to do because we're on our honeymoon. We were in Bali and he'd be like, oh my God, Uncle Rick. Wait, call him now. He used to be Freddie, but Uncle Rick. And it was just so wild. And then his, his aunt Renee got a shout out in the book. Wow. For taking care of Rick now. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. Because he's unfortunately, he had early on stage Alzheimer's and Demi Moore still, you know, reached out to him. And that connection made me so into the book. The book was incredible no matter what. So I loved it. So I want to talk about your podcast because you have this incredible podcast. We just were here at Dear Media and you were one of the first shows with Dear Media and I just joined. So I have a lot to, to, to learn and it's so cool to be a part of this network. So what did that look like for you? Did you start your podcast with Dear Media or did you already have it? So I love Dear Media. I was, yeah, so I was the first show that was developed through Dear Media. So I didn't have, I've been recording to like then launch a show, but I was, I've been with them since like day one. So I didn't technically have a podcast before. I just got connected and then it all just worked out and I got in at the perfect time and it was the best thing ever. I wouldn't have been able to do so I was also in college full time at the time and I, I had too much going on. So yeah, I got with your media and it's just incredible. Like podcasting is the, my favorite thing that I do for sure. It's my favorite thing too. And just starting a podcast in college. I know we talked a little bit about this. That's such a big deal. I don't know for certain that I could back in. I was in college from 2009 to 2013. Were there podcasts? Like I think there was <laughs> Joe Rogan. It's so cool that you did that because it's growing with you and to tap into that college audience I think girls who are that age are such incredible listeners because there's so much to learn and you're just in this uncertain time of what do I want to do with my life and you know all of that so yeah it's been cool because it's definitely grown with me and my fault my audience has pretty much always been my age but it's nice because I started talking like for instance when I I'm about to turn 25 so when I turned 23 23 was like my least favorite year of my entire life. It was awful. Oh no. And I was just changing pretty much everything about my not my myself, but basically everything about my life had changed in that year. And I was just very vocal on like 23, not really my year. 
I'm going through a really hard time. And then I started opening up about like your 20s are hard navigating your 20s. And it was crazy. The feedback that I got, the amount of like even downloads that people were listening. I'm like, that is wild. Like I had no idea. And it, it makes sense. Like obviously your 20s are confusing and people, there wasn't really anything that was just talking to that. Like you have the book, The Defining Decade, but like there wasn't a ton out there when I was looking. But yeah, anyways, we started talking about like navigating your 20s, which is not like a revolutionary concept. And people just got so like almost involved with the show and just felt very connected. And now that's like everyone's favorite topic. Yeah. Well, because you do it in a relatable way that probably a lot of other people are going through the same types of things. Yeah. And people talk about your 20s like, oh, it's the best decade of your life. I certainly didn't feel that way. I think 30 so far, 30, the decade of 30 is so much better for me so far. So it's nice to be open about that. And maybe like the second half of your 20s gets better and better. It just gets better. Yeah, I'm I'm in a good place now. Yeah. I'm so excited for my 30s. I'm even more excited for my 40s. I feel Same. like I'm going to thrive then. Well, 40 is the new 30. 30 yep. is the new 20, you know. It's, so true. It's the best. So when's your birthday? Who said you're going to be 25? So you're a Leo. Oh, very we, much so. We yeah. love a Leo. Yeah. We love a Leo. I do want to talk with you about that when we get into the rapid fire questions because we're all about astrology on this podcast. Yes. You're such a Leo. I've oh, been, I am such a Leo. I've been <laughs> sitting here. Well, Anna knows this, but I can't even be around someone without knowing their sign. So I've been like trying to guess yours since we've been sitting here. Would you have guessed before? Yes, I would have guessed a fire sign no matter what. I would have said either Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm definitely And Leo. I love Leos, personally. I Thanks mean, to me too, but that's I, a very I Leo love, thing to say. <laughs> I, I know. My husband's a Leo. My dad's a Leo. We have this joke. Yeah. There's like a, <coughs> excuse me, all the men in my family are Leos. Yeah, I think that's incredible that that's what you talk about with your audience. And I think it really resonates with people. Thank you. Let's get into the rapid fire questions. Do you know your sun, rising, and moon signs? We no, just talked I about don't, your sun. And I need to figure it out. And I don't know. And I don't know what time I was born. So I don't even know my human design. No. <sighs> I'm Kenzie, so behind. We I have know. to. We have to figure this out. I asked my mom like a week ago. And she's like, oh, I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll look in your baby book. Hasn't looked. She needs to look. For some reason, I feel like it's 812 or 816. Because I have done it before. And I uh-huh. used to know. Uh-huh. I need, I'm so behind. Will you please text me when you find out? Because like I said, I can't not know these things about people. Like it drives me, it drives me crazy. So you don't know your human design, but that's okay. You're going to figure it out. If you didn't do what you do now. So in the social media space, what would you do? I think I would either be working in something digital or I would be a host. Mm -hmm. Like a TV host. Yeah. What did you study in college? Just business. So I think regardless, I would have been an entrepreneur. Like, I do think I would have had my own businesses. But like at 24, I think I would be working for someone else Mm -hmm. until I figured out what I wanted to do. You're so young. You're so young. One of my best friends is 26. And I tell her all the time, you guys, like, I mean, we're all so young. Like, there's going to be so many iterations of everything that you do. It's fantastic. This is a deep question. What is the meaning of life? I think for me, the meaning of life is like community. Like I'm such a people person and I love people being brought together. So whether that's like friends, family, large groups of people, it's like just meeting someone. I don't know. I think it's like human connection, I guess. Mm-hmm. Would be mm-hmm. If you could choose three living people to be in a room with right now, who would they be? Dolly Parton, Kris Jenner, and maybe Casey Musgraves. 
I want to be in that room. Yeah. Oh my God. I love how quickly you answered that. People, That's a hard one for people. People usually. always ask me that because they know how much I love Dolly Parton. So like it's all it's an easy one for me to answer. Mm-hmm. And I just have a lot of questions for Chris Jenner, like business wise, you know? Same. You're a Dolly Parton vibe, by the way. Thank you. You oh really are. You're wow. like a young Dolly. You just made my head like so big. <laughs> Your Leo head. I love yeah, it. It's already um, big. <laughs> what life lesson did you learn the hard way? That it's okay to change your mind. I think I held on to so many things that I thought I wanted because just I said that I wanted them at one point and I, it is okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite number and why? 23 because it's like my family sports number. Ooh, Michael yeah. Jordan, right? Yeah, but that, that well, I didn't even why? think about that till later. It, that wasn't why because it was like my grandpa. And then, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that not loving being the age 23 didn't yeah. mess with it for you. Um, what do you wish you spent more time doing five years ago? Reading. Yeah. Is there someone or like a type of person that you sometimes compare yourself to that you wish you didn't? I feel like from time to time, maybe girls who like do the same thing that I do. But mainly I would say like, I'm just, I'm a lot more hard on myself. Like I'll compare myself to myself, you know? Yes, yes. So maybe it's me. I actually think that's the hardest one. Yeah. I'm the same. It's perfectionist. You know, perfectionist personality. What does it mean to you to live in the present moment? To not be letting like things from either the past or the future like stress me out in that Mm -hmm. time. To just fully be like, be where your feet are. Mm -hmm. Feet on the ground. Yep. What's your morning routine? I wake up. I and this is like the one that I'm bringing back. So I'm like this. I went back to this and it's newer. I wake up early. I go to Pilates. Hot Pilates around like six. Then Dallas, I walk the Katy Trail or I'll walk like my neighborhood or wherever for an hour. Get coffee. And during that time, I'm like listening to podcasts. Get coffee, go home, shower and get ready. What are your favorite podcasts to listen to? I love World's First Podcast with the Foster Sisters. They are so funny. I was so random, but I like love Twilight. I grew up and it was like, I was such a Twilight fan. Those books literally got me through my parents' divorce. Like, I'm so attached to them. So there's a podcast now where Ashley Green, Alice, is, like, recapping. So I listen to The Twilight Effect. That's, like, my comfort listen. So those are, like, my two. Obviously, Skinny Confidential. Those I would say those are, like, my two right now, though. Uh-huh. I think that's common right now, these yes. re- retellings of shows and books and movies and stuff. Because Boy Meets World is doing one, too. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, my show. I don't know if that is… is that, no, I love… Is I that wasn't, after your time? Yeah, but I loved it still. Like I, mm-hmm. But I remember always wanting to watch it when I was younger. Like, I couldn't find it on TV. Like, uh-huh. I do remember that. Yeah, because when I was young, it was, like, on. Yeah. And um, they're doing that now. They're retelling. And I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, me too. And then, of course, we have to ask you, because you are the book club queen… Tell us what are like the top three books that we should read. So if you're getting into reading, I think you should read either. I would start with like a Colleen Hoover because there's so much talk about it. It's like I love Colleen Hoover, but it's more so like the book community is really a community. Mm -hmm. So I would read um, It Ends With Us. There's a trigger warning there. Or I would read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I also love. Taylor Jenkins Reid. And that one is incredible. A lot of chatter around that as well. And then if you are looking for like a romance book, I would do Before We Were Strangers by Renee Carlino. We have some similar, <laughs> we have some really? similar taste. The first two. I don't think I've read the third. The third one made me like romance novels. I thought before that mm-hmm. I wasn't into like romance books. And then I was like, what am I talking about? These are so good. Wow. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, that's amazing. And you have a book club that people can find and tune into. And then we got to wrap up to do your podcast, but there's so many more things. So I'm glad that we get to keep talking. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Tell us where everybody can find you. 
You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Twitter, everything at Kenzie Elizabeth. My TikTok is Kenzie the Texan. And then the podcast is I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth. How did you come up with the name of the podcast, by the way? Final question. Because it's just something I said all the time. I actually hate the name now. So that's why I say it really fast. But it's just, it's very me. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. I love the name. That's why I <laughs> asked. You. I think it's simple. It's quick. It's to the point. And it's, it's good very, for like branding. Yes. Yeah. And it's also very it's like positive. It's light. It's yeah. like, I love you. It makes people feel like they want to listen. Yeah. Good. Okay, thank you. That's my perspective. Thank you for coming on. This was so fun. I'm so glad that we did this. And we'll just keep talking. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Blonde and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.